Welcome to the New Point Community Church Podcast. This message is part of our series, Life is Complicated, We Can Help. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. Hey, New Point, I want to welcome each and every one of you, whether you're at one of our physical locations. And by the way, if you're there, isn't it great to be able to see one another's smile? It's so incredible to be able to see one another's smile. And I want to thank you for your attitude and, and honoring one another during this past year as uh, we've had to deal with the mass issue and we've been able to lift that. And so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your witness and your testimony that you have given. And those of you who are online, we welcome you as well. We're glad that you are joining us. We believe that we have something incredible to share with you. And by the way, guess what? Here's, here's the incredible thing. No matter what stage of life you find yourself today, your greatest days are ahead of you. They're not behind you. You see, we serve a God that has an incredible future for each and every one of us as we trust him. So I've got all kinds of good news for you today. And I want you to know that I love you and I'm thankful for each and every one of you. Now we're in this series called Fruitful, Fruitful. And we've been looking at the fruit of the spirit. We've been discussing that if you call yourself a Christ follower, there should be something being produced in you. And scripture calls it the fruit of the spirit. It begins with love love and joy and patience and kindness. And today we want to look at goodness. Now, when I say goodness, it can actually be kind of confusing because you can kind of confuse goodness with maybe kindness or being nice. But the word goodness, though, is very, very, very important. It's foundational. You see, goodness establishes God's purpose and his standards. And at the heart of it, goodness is, is the opposite of evil. Maybe you've already heard this term. I'm sure that you have. There's what? There's good and there's evil. And really it's this. Evil is the simply the absence of God's presence. And when there's no presence of God, then evil prevails. And so if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've trusted him as the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, then you are filled with goodness because you're filled with God. You're filled with his spirit. You see, goodness is not an action. It's a reality and a position that you and I are called to live from. It's, it's, it's a character quality. It's a consistency that you and I are called to live out in this world. Let me show you what I mean because God spoke creation into existence. And Genesis chapter one, verse 12 says it like this. And God saw that it was good. What did he see that was good? Everything that he created. And so your goodness and my goodness, listen to me, does not come from what we do or what we don't do. It comes from the very fact that we were created in God's image. We were created by God. And this is echoed all throughout the scripture. Matter of fact, Paul says it like this when he writes to Timothy. He says, for everything, not most, everything 
God created is good. He says it when he writes to the Romans. He says this in Romans 15, 14. I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourself are what? Full of goodness. Now, what you have to understand here is he's not writing to a bunch of spiritual elites or spiritually mature people. He's writing to a group of people who are Jews and Gentiles, who have come to faith, and they're now learning about what it really means to follow Christ. But he is convinced that they're full of goodness because they have Christ in their heart. They have the Holy Spirit in their heart. But it kind of goes against what Jesus had for the young ruler. You remember the young ruler? The young ruler called Jesus a good teacher, and yet Jesus replied, you know what? Only God is good. And so how do we resolve those? How how can Paul says everything that God has created is good, and yet Jesus says only God is good? Well, here's how. You see, creation ceases to be good when we cease to reflect the goodness of God, when we cease to reflect God's character. You see, the goodness of creation is found in the goodness of God, both in his character and both in his actions. You see, the psalmist writes it like this, you are truly good. Your acts are too. Teach me what you require. Wow. Think of it. God is the original definition of good or of goodness. He is good, and he is good what? All the time. You remember that? All the time, God is good. And so for us, for you and me, goodness is an added quality. It comes in your life and my life when we accept Jesus Christ as the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our life, but not for God. Okay, it's his true character. It's it's who he is. And so how do you know the character of someone? Well, by their actions, by what they do. And so the definition of God's goodness is who he is and what he does. Now, Luke writes this in Acts 10, 38, because Jesus Christ visited earth a little bit over 2,000 years ago. He was God in the flesh. And it says this of him, Jesus went everywhere doing good for people. And so when God was on earth, he literally restored his goodness here. And he calls you and I to do likewise. If you are a follower of Christ, he calls you and I to restore goodness to all that we do. And it's from his goodness that we have the ability to do this. You see, you and I were created for this. And goodness is simply fulfilling God's purpose in your life, And in my life, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus and he says this, for we are God's workmanship, check this out, created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so when we experience salvation, when we accept Jesus Christ into our heart and life as the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our life, God declares you and I as good. And so goodness is a gift from God. We can't work for it. We can't earn it. And we definitely don't deserve it. 
And so Jesus is the goodness of God. And when we accept him, he now wants to produce it in your life and in my life. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. And so the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, kindness, and what? Goodness. And he wants this in your life and in my life. And by his Spirit, it can be produced in all of our lives if you are a Christ follower. It's not something that you and I can work up. It's not something that you and I can manufacture on our own. It's letting God's Spirit have his way in your life and in my life. It's yielding to the Spirit of God. It's letting him control you and me. Now, if you're a parent, no doubt every once in a while you'll tell your kid, hey, you know what? Be good. Be good. And it comes from a heart that we want them to be what? A blessing to people. We want them to be able to bless other people. It's for the benefit of others. It's not simply just being good. And so our Heavenly Father wants you and I to be good. He wants goodness to flow from you and me for the benefit of other people. And so how can you and I cooperate with God's Spirit in allowing Him to produce this goodness in us? Well, Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount these words. He says, let your yes be simply yes and your no be simply no. Anything more than that comes from the evil one. Wow. And so what is goodness? It's, it's, it's being real. It's being authentic. It's being genuine. It's letting your yes be yes and your no be no. You see, Jesus is saying, just be transparent, be genuine, be vulnerable, be honest, be the same person in every situation that you find yourself in. And so that's how you and I can live out the goodness, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I want to help you with this today so that you can get your, your arms wrapped around it. There's three specific things that I think that you and I can embrace to cooperate with God's spirit so that this fruit can be produced in you and me. Let me give them to you, all right? The first one is this, speak the truth. How can goodness be lived out in your life and in my life? Speak the truth. Proverbs says it like this, in the end, people appreciate frankness more than flattery. Now, I find it humorous that he says, in the end, because usually when we speak the truth, People don't appreciate it up front. But when it's all said and done, he's saying, they would rather for you and I to speak the truth to them than to just flatter them. Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians 13, 6, love rejoices in the truth. And see, goodness comes from love. And so if I love you and I'm filled with goodness, I'm going to rejoice in the truth. I'm going to speak the truth. You see, when you and I lie to someone, we're exploiting them. You're keeping them from reality. You're putting them at a disadvantage. You're using them. You're manipulating them. You're holding reality from what they really need to know and need to experience so that they can move forward. And so you and I, out of the goodness of our heart, we need to be able to speak the truth. We need to be willing to risk rejection because you love that person. You must be willing to absorb the initial anger 
of speaking the truth to someone because you love them more than you love yourself. Because you're good. You see, listen to me. It takes enormous amount of courage for goodness to flow from you and me. Enormous amount of courage. You see, here's what I know. Some of us here today, you've not felt loving towards maybe a family member or a friend or a coworker for a long, 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 long time. You've stuffed down your feelings. And so what happens is you haven't been able to express goodness to them because you've been unwilling to speak the truth to them. And it's harming and hurting and maybe even killing that relationship. And so how do we live out goodness? We speak the truth. Now, how do we speak the truth in love? Let me give you three ways. First of all, clearly, clearly, all right? James says it like this. Above all, my friends, do not use an oath when you make a promise. Do not swear by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Say only yes when you mean yes and no when you mean no. And then you will not come under God's judgment. And so what he is saying here is that we need to speak the truth clearly. And then we need to speak it completely. Completely. This is hard, isn't it? Because some of us, we're pretty good at speaking the truth 90%. It's that last 10% that we trip over. And yet Proverbs would say it like this. Someone who holds back the truth causes trouble. And so goodness can't flow from you and me to those people that we love unless we speak the truth clearly, completely, and then thirdly, compassionately compassionately. This means that you and I think before we speak. This means that you and I pay attention in how we say it and when we say it. It means that we work through our emotions before we speak the truth so that what happens is we can speak it in a calm, compassionate way. Paul says it like this in Ephesians, speak the truth in a spirit of love. And so I know for me, many times, when I've had to do this, I've had to work through my emotions first. And I had to get them out of the way so that I could speak clearly, completely, and with compassion. So let me ask you a question today. If you knew that everything that you were saying would be on social media, would it change? Would it change how you speak to people? Would it change how you speak to your wife or your husband or to your son or to your daughter or to your coworker? Would you be able to speak the truth, all of it? You know, I would probably say that all of us would agree. Yeah, it would, absolutely. It would change the way in which I interact and the way in which I speak. And why is it so hard? Because the fact of the matter, listen to me very carefully. The reason why we don't speak the truth clearly, completely, and compassionately, because it will cost you something. It will cost you something. If you tell the truth, you will pay the price for telling the truth. Jesus told the truth and he paid the price. They nailed him to a tree. And so there's a cost to speaking the truth. But you speak the truth because you're filled with goodness. You see, there's two types of people in the world. One would be those who seek approval. And we feel good about ourselves, don't we? And about our identity 
because it's rooted in the idea that people what? People like us. They think that we're nice. They think that we're polite. They think that we're kind. And so what happens is we realize that if we really speak the truth to our family, to our friends, they won't think that we're nice. They won't think that we're polite. They won't think that we're kind. And so we fudge and we spin and we, we exaggerate and we misdirect. And sometimes we just flat out lie, don't we? You say, why? Because we're unwilling to pay the price. Now, not all of us are people who are seeking the approval of others. Some of us are control freaks. We're not seeking the approval of people. We're seeking to control people. And so we need to, we need to control how people see things. And so if we really speak the truth clearly, completely, and compassionately, we're afraid it may put us at a disadvantage. And so we don't want to be at a disadvantage. We want to be in control of everything. You see, people who seek approval, they don't mind it being a disadvantage as long as people like them. And people who want to control other people, they don't mind being disliked as long as they're in control. And so in both cases, different situations, truth-telling is costly. It can rattle you. It can rattle your self-image, your, your uh, security, your identity. And so we have to come back and we have to say, what makes me feel good in the world? What makes me feel secure in the world? We need to come back to this one foundational truth. It's the goodness of God. It's his goodness that gives me the sense of his approval. It's his goodness that makes me feel secure. And so I can be able to be honest in my conversations with others. I can speak the truth. So let me ask you a question today. Who do you need to have an honest conversation with? It may be your spouse. It may be a son or a daughter. It may be your boyfriend, your girlfriend. It may be a coworker. I don't know. But the question is, do you care enough? Are you filled with goodness to be able to speak the truth clearly, completely, and compassionately? You see, the Amplified Bible says it in this way. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is, you shall have an unselfish concern for others and do things for their benefit. That's goodness. An unselfish concern for others and to do things for their benefit. You speak the truth in love, clearly, completely, and compassionate. Be sure you're doing that. Here's the second way, and that is you keep your promises. How does goodness find its way through you and me? Well, we speak the truth and we keep our promises. Solomon says it like this. He says, it is better to promise nothing than to promise something and not be able to do it. You see, your promises and my promises matter. Nothing destroys relationships quicker and faster than you and I making a promise to someone and then not following through. Now, you may have every intention, I may have every intention in keeping that promise, but we don't. We don't follow through. We don't keep that promise. And what happens is this. When we make that promise, we're kind of feeling good, right? We, we have this emotion, 
But what happens is when the emotion is gone, do you and I have the goodness? Do you and I have the character to be able to follow through even when it costs you and I something, even when the feeling is gone? You see, when you and I don't keep promises, it does severe damages to our relationship with other people. Maybe you've broken a promise to your spouse or to your children or maybe a coworker. You see, what happens is if you and I don't keep our promises, then people can't trust you and I. And it's out of goodness that you and I say, you know what, I will keep that promise even when it no longer benefits me. Maybe the circumstances have changed. Maybe the benefits have changed. But I'm going to keep that promise because I told you I would do it. You see, parents, what you need to know and understand is this. Your kids watch you. My kids watch me. And more is caught than taught. And I'll never be able to really implant honesty in their lives unless they see it in my life. I can tell them, always tell the truth. Always keep your promise. But if they're seeing me not keep my promise to them and not telling the truth, then what happens is it's for naught. So it may be tough for you to keep your promise. But you need the spirit of God to bring forth goodness in you so that you will keep a promise even when it doesn't benefit you any longer. And God will honor your commitment. Look at what the psalmist says. Those who honor the Lord keep their promises to their neighbors, even when it hurts, even when it hurts. That means even after your feelings and your emotions have gone away. See, I have to confess, I've made promises because I've got caught up in the moment. And then afterwards, my emotions and my feelings have gone away. And I'm thinking, Man, what did I promise? And I have to come back and I have to ask God to help me to be able to keep that promise, even though it may not benefit me any longer. Even though I may not be passionate about it as much as I was when I first made the commitment. Even when my emotions have subsided, I need to do that. And so how does goodness work its way out? In your life and my life, we speak the truth. We keep our promises. And then finally, you live authentically. You live authentically. Here's what I mean by that. You will never have peace inwardly, okay, until you have goodness inside of you. You just won't. You just won't. Because if you don't have goodness inside of you, you'll never be able to live an authentic, genuine life. You see, you know yourself, right? Absolutely. You know yourself better than anyone. And you may be able to deceive other people. You may be able to deceive me. You may be able to deceive your spouse. I may be able to deceive you. But you can't deceive yourself. You know who you are. You can't run from yourself. Wherever you go, guess what? There you are. And you take yourself everywhere you go. And so we have to be able to live authentic, genuine lives. That means that you are the same no matter where you're at. I love this quote. It says, I have to live with myself. And so I want to be fit for myself to know. 
I want to be able, as days go by, always to look myself straight in the eye. I don't want to stand with the setting sun and hate myself for the things I have done. Wow. What's he saying? He's saying, I want to live an authentic, genuine life. And so let me ask you a question today. Are you one way in public and another way maybe at New Point? Are you someone different at home than you are at work? Are you different on Facebook than you are in real life? Are you bold in shooting that email, but more of a coward when you go face-to-face with someone? You see, look at this quote here. I love this. This is by George Bernard Shaw. He says, life is not about finding yourself. It is about creating yourself. And is that so true today? We want to create ourselves. I want to give you an image. I'm more concerned with my image than I am my integrity, than my goodness. And what you need to understand is this. If you create yourself to be someone that you're really not, you know what? What happens is your life will come unraveled because what happens is it will have an impact on you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, and in every other way. You see, when you don't live authentic lives, it destroys the relationships around you because what happens is you can't trust yourself. And if you can't trust yourself, then other people won't be able to trust you. You see, it will destroy relationships all throughout your life if you don't choose to live an authentic, genuine life. Paul writes this to the church in Corinth. He says, we refuse to wear masks. Isn't that funny, huh? And play games. We do not maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. And we do not twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open. He's saying we live authentic, vulnerable, transparent, genuine lives. You see, goodness is this. Knowing that if you knew me as I know me, you would still respect me. You see, I have to ask myself this question. If you really knew Dwight, would you be willing to come and hear me teach? You see, living out of goodness means that you and I don't pretend. We're genuine. We're authentic. We're transparent. We're real with people, with with those in our lives. We're willing to be vulnerable. We're an open book. We're willing to to, uh, be honest, no matter if it, puts us in a good light or a bad light. We refuse to play a role. You see, the word actor comes from the word hypocrites or hypocrite. And it's someone who acts in one way here, but acts in another way over here. They're not the same. They change their colors. And the problem is psychologically, it begins to have an impact on us. I believe this is one of the reasons why some people struggle with mental illness. Because what happens is if you constantly have to be someone different in every situation you find yourself on, I can't handle it emotionally. I can't handle it mentally. And it becomes unhealthy when you and I violate our values over and over again. You see, God created you to be you no matter where you are. And so God wants to develop this 
fruit of goodness in you and me. You see, you can try to live for the approval of people or you can try to live to control people. But here's what you need to realize. You won't be exhibiting the goodness of the fruit of the Spirit. You see, if you're trying to live for the approval of others to get people to like you, or if you're trying to live for the control of other people, what happens is the goodness of God won't flow from you because you'll be more interested in what benefits you instead of what benefits them. And it'll cause you to operate in the position of self-preservation. You'll want to preserve yourself and it'll kill your relationships. You see, the only, listen to me, the only way to live a fulfilled life is to live from the foundation of goodness. That you've accepted Jesus Christ as the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, and that he now has declared you and I good to fulfill his purpose in this world. And so would you join me today in just saying, God, I want you to produce the fruit of goodness. I want to be able to speak the truth. I want to be able to keep my promises. I want to be able to live authentic no matter where I'm at. And guess what? It will benefit everyone that you come in contact with. See, Jesus, when he lived here on earth, he went around doing good. And people loved him. And he was contagious. And so will you be if you'll do that. Pray with me, will you? Maybe today you need to experience the goodness of God. Maybe you need to say, God, I want your goodness in my life. And that begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you can say a simple yet life-transforming prayer. God, as much as I know how and as much as I understand, I invite you into my life. Forgive me of my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit and produce the fruit of the Spirit in my life. For others of us, goodness is there. We just need to ask the Spirit of God to produce it in us. And maybe your prayer today is, God, empower me to speak the truth clearly, completely, and compassionately. God. Empower me to keep my promises, even when my emotions and my passions that I experienced in making that promise have left me. God, today, will you cause me to live authentically, genuinely, vulnerably, no matter where I'm at, to honor you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org forward slash contact. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media, download our app, subscribe to our weekly podcasts through the App Store or Google Play, or catch us on Roku or Apple TV. Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.